This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hi guys, uh, it's, it's a beautiful evening. Welcome to again another episode of um, We Are Curious. So if you're new to this, We Are Curious is usually a, a roundup of activities in Kenya, Africa and the world. And here we get to, you know, discuss and share opinions on, on matters. Um, and today we want to talk about um, a few things that happen in Kenya. First of all, we have the possible closure of base titanium because of um, depletion of the ore, and then we, we have the low business confidence for February evident in the recent PMI. And uh, we'll also discuss a little bit on the minimum tax and how it it is impacting businesses. The minimum tax has been active for the past, I think, two months. This will be the third month for the minimum tax. Uh, at, at, a con- at a regional level, we will talk about um, Tanzania's economic growth for last year compared to other countries, as well as touch on a little bit on um, the projections for Kenya. And then globally, we'll talk about the big news, you know, Square um, acquiring Tidal and uh, Square acquiring a banking license this week, as well as Google's announcement to sort of stop um, advertising cookies in Chrome. Um, welcome to today's show. Thanks, Ali. Uh, so maybe just to get things uh, started, as usual, we always have a look at the markets, how they're performing. Um, so over to you, Eric. Uh, so just to look at um, what has been the market mover this week, uh, what sort of um, news have moved the market, and what do you think yourself about uh, NMG especially? I, I know we had a discussion about it last week, um, and there's been some massive news today, if so to speak, uh, in terms of just uh, them getting the NBA uh, sort of exclusive partnership. Uh, what do you think uh, about the market this week? Uh, what have, have been the key themes and what do you anticipate as we move on to the next week? Great. So it's, it's been quite a ride for National Media Group uh, in the week. Part of that was driven by uh, announcement that they made a few weeks ago that uh, they want to implement a share buyback plan. Yeah, that drove the share price to nearly sixty percent, uh, or uh, nearly sixty, more than sixty percent since then. Looking at the the, the stats, uh, week on week, NMG is up by fifty-seven point forty-five percent, point four five percent, which means last Friday that share price was that counter was trading at closed at sixteen sixteen shillings and ten cents. And then closed today at 25 shillings and 35 cents. So if you got in, imagine if you got in last Friday and you existed today, you could have made your money and now probably got your own things. Uh, to spice that up, then NMG today announced that they entered into an arrangement with uh, the National Basketball uh, NBA Association, Association to yeah. stream uh, N- uh, NBA matches for free live on their main TV channel which is NTV and I don't know what, what that means for for the company's revenues and bottom line unless Eric you have any, any, any views because you are a big fan <laughs> of the NBA No, I, I think for me <clears throat> and now I start to understand why they did the share uh, buyback mm-hmm. because it feels like from a strategic point of view and I think we've had this discussion a few weeks now, uh, they felt that the share price was the share was very undervalued, and I feel like they also had you know that knowledge that, uh, they, and they felt confident that they are locking up a few uh, either partnerships mm-hmm. or they are very optimistic on their subscription models mm-hmm. or the new subscription business, mm-hmm. and they felt that that the share price could actually go higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today's ad- announcement for the NBA again, um, it's for them. It's 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 a totally it's enticing totally new uh, new players or new customers to sort of get hooked on 
on on NTV uh, as a platform, and obviously that would translate to say more re- revenues because most of the business is centered around advertising. So if you're able to lock in more users uh, and get more ads, then you would essentially uh, increase your bottom line. But um, that could also mean that you know that that deal was due to uh, I think they were unable to get uh, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, partnership. Uh, I think that was signed with Star Times, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Star Times were able to get Olympics. Um, so it's sort of like NBA trying to, again, stay re- uh, NTV is trying to stay relevant with the sports audience and thereby them looking at how to then acquire the NBA rights. But all in all, again, as we've said, um, much of Nation Media's uh, prospects or share price depends on how well they perform as a digital brand. Mm-hmm. So we've seen the likes of uh, New York Times, you know, a Transition and Washington Post especially, transition very well into a fully-fledged digital business and sort of moving the print and all these other um, channels to the background. Mm-hmm. So if National Media is very is able to actually transition very well into a digital fast brand then i feel that uh, that share price could actually uh, head much higher up uh, but in the meantime again it's, for me it's 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 a wait uh, something to interesting to 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 just mention is um I, I think today we had a discussion on hisa app where one of the user was asking you know if uh, nmg is a, is is a buy uh, i don't know eric what you think about that uh, the thing is is it a good time to enter or <laughs> so for me on nmg i think if i was to take a position it would be more of speculation mm-hmm. because looking at that sector uh, given that uh, i'm, I'm uh, from a business standpoint, I have an interest in that side. So mm-hmm. looking at the long-term nature of that business, they have been hit hard mm-hmm. uh, by the pandemic, given that a lot of these budgets moved from the print to digital. Yeah, And it makes a lot of sense. And it was basically time caught up with them. So I don't know if it's a good time that they tried to transition into this. But one of the advantages that the internet offers the traditional media players is the power of distribution. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to distribute your content to a wider, to a wider, to a wider sort of, uh, to a wider network of people, to many people. Yeah. But the thing is, where I think where NMG should uh, probably uh, step step up would be on the content side of things. Mm-hmm. If they are able to, if if they can be able to pull, uh, generally have good content, generate good content that people are willing to pay for, then I think there, there's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and something interesting uh, I think is is Sunlam is on the week on week gainers, mm-hmm. um, but they issued a profit warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Yeah, they they are they actually did. Yeah, this week. So it's it's interesting. Leah, what do you think about that? Okay, interesting. Uh, the insurance sector it's something um, to keenly watch on. I think week on week they are around seventeen percent high. Uh, Sunlam is 16.39% week on week. Uh, Express Kenya around 8%. Can General 8.33. Express 8.11. Transcentury 6.14. Yet Transcentury, I think, they are delayed in uh, releasing their results despite being uh, given the extension by the CMA. I think something that we can keenly, uh, that uh, it's more of we haven't noticed. the, the market at the NSC has been going up for the last few weeks. Yeah. It's been going up. Um, looking at the NSC 20 share index, it was up 25.71 points this week, around 1.34 percent points to around 19.41. What I'm keenly uh, waiting is, I'm just waiting for the NSC 20 share index to, to, to cross the 2000 benchmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's something that I'll be keenly watching. Yeah, and again, we are headed into the earnings season. Yeah. So um, we expect more activity. Uh, we should see again that index edging uh, much higher uh, than it is. Um, and again, something to keenly watch out for in, as we approach the earning season is banks, obviously. Uh, the, uh, the banks have been one of those counters that have been affected by the pandemic. Um, yeah, and as the other sectors start their recovery, it would be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, few months. Okay. 
maybe Ali now we, you can take us to the next uh, topic which is lower business confidence for February. Yes, yes. Um, so, how should I put this? So, um, so the PMI reading for, for February actually actually dipped from 53.2 in, in January to 50.9, which is which is the weakest since actually um, mid last year in around in around July, mm -hmm. and um, it kind of it kind of brings questions on exactly how how are Kenyan businesses how are Kenyan businesses recovering from the pandemic, mm -hmm. be responding to the um, the changes in in taxes especially. Um, from the uh, pandemic taxes, which we had, uh, we had lowered, we had lower VATs, as well as the new taxes that were introduced um, this year. Yeah, so so I think for me, just um, I feel like both the resumption of you know the previous tax uh, rates, um, and then those again new taxes, you know, introduced in in uh, in january so there was the digital services tax mm -hmm. and then there was the minimum the minimum tax again introduced in in, in jan so I, I think the fact that uh, you know uh, businesses were hit with those extra taxes obviously is going to affect operations um and you know just their confidence about uh, recovery of uh, of their businesses as a, as a whole um so and you know you you Couple that together with the fact that again we are operating uh, with a curfew in place, mm -hmm. which has since been extended again yes. for a further three months. Yes. Yeah. So it, it puts again businesses in a very precarious uh, position because um, the revenues aren't coming in as much um, and there is more taxation. So obviously we we still anticipate uh, that sort of um, lowered. Uh, Lower PMIs to continue, so if if so to speak, uh, for at least the next three months uh, before we start seeing a rebound, whereby uh, hopefully things would have opened up. But again, uh, the flip coin is um, IMF, World Bank, all seem very optimistic about uh, our GDP performance this year. So again, that's something to watch out uh, for. Uh, just interesting to have a discussion about. Given that um, yes, the government is looking to raise more money through taxation, mm -hmm. but most of the businesses would are actually going through a very hard time mm -hmm. uh, during this period. Okay, interesting. Speaking of uh, the confidence and the IMF, IMF, IMF's views, City uh, recently put out a report uh, analyzing Africa's economy. Where part of that what they indicated is that. Tanzania's economy grew uh, grew the fa at the fastest rate among African economies. Yeah. Uh, speaking on Kenya, what they said is that they do not share IMF's highly optimistic outlook on the country's uh, GDP growth. Mm -hmm. they, uh, what the the city analyst described the their focus by IMF as extremely aggressive, mm -hmm. and they expect the economy to expand by four four point nine percent compared to IMF's projection of seven point six percent. <laughs> and, 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 and remember, and you remember, IMF have just revised that upwards yeah. after they gave us the, um, I think it was two point four billion dollar loan, because uh, initially I think they were in in the six point or four point something, and then that was revised up to to seven point six, okay. which again for us we feel it's extremely optimistic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Speaking of still on the on the business confidence, uh, uh, I think what. You, you've just mentioned about taxes. So recently, uh, news came out that uh, the Kenya Association of Manufacturers had gone to court mm -hmm. to uh, generally to they are uh, not cannot say they are against, but uh, they had opposed uh, the government's uh, minimum tax. Mm -hmm. which, which, um, and what IMF, what the association was saying is that look, you you. The government is introducing the taxes at a time when most businesses are suffering. Yeah. And and actually, uh, uh, the the Kenya Federation of Employers actually warned a few weeks ago that we are likely to see uh, the layoffs continuing and even spiking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we thought things are getting better, but mm -hmm. they'll actually we expect to see more layoffs. But then what happens to what happens to manufacturers who? Uh, 
the government raises tax, but then how do you expect some of these people to, to manage the taxes? So uh, in, 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 in the association's view is that uh, given that our economy is largely dependent, dependent on uh, manufacturing, and, the, and that the manufacturing industry contributes a very huge percentage of our GDP, what does that leave for manufacturers? The startups are in the manufacturing industry. So uh, they, they gave their reasons for the why they, uh, they gave their reasons why the one percent minimum tax will negatively impact the economy, and that and some of that was that uh, the, the industry has become one of the least profitable industries in Kenya, and the main reason is because of costing. It's very expensive in manufacturing for manufacturing industries uh, companies in Kenya to to produce their goods locally. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think maybe just to dissect what you're saying further um, and look at both of those uh, things that you've mentioned. So first of all, on the minimum tax and um, the association of manufacturers sort of being opposed or opposed to its implementation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think experts have given their views uh, about just that specific tax and how it is unfair f- for um, companies that have been hard hit by first of all the pandemic um, and second again the, the the industry itself was had its own problems they they had their own ailing problems even pre pandemic yeah. then the pandemic came and actually you know wrecked it further um, so if you want to again introduce a minimum tax on most of the laws making um, sort of industries or companies that's already burdening a very very burdened uh, economy or sector so if you look at again uh, even the listed companies that are in uh, let's say um, the cement industry so there's a couple of listed companies that you know haven't performed very well since 2019 2018 and we've seen uh, you know some go under or go under the receiver receivership mm-hmm. so so if you look at the big companies struggling, uh, you know, uh, that much, and then you introduce to them a tax. Uh, again, it's it's punitive. Yeah. So for me, I feel like um, the government needs to at least have another discussion with just the private sector and uh, the manufacturers, especially around the minimum minimum tax. Because if you look at um, countries like Nigeria and Tanzania, uh, I think TZ have a um, three-year period, so you only pay the minimum tax if you declare losses for three consecutive years. Uh, I think in Nigeria it's four years, if I'm not wrong. Um, but for us it's, you know, you're going to pay the minimum tax on every year that you, you know, you're making a loss. So um, for me, I feel that we need more more engagement and more discussions around that. Okay. And then maybe on the second point about Tanzania um, and the IMF, uh, no, actually it's the city report for Tanzania. So you have to look at, uh, you know, TZ, uh, ignored much of the pandemic and went on with their activities so obviously from a 2020 outlook uh, they are going to have higher growth than the rest of the continent uh, but I feel like uh, and and we've had this discussion whereby Tanzania is now you know getting to feel the effects of the pandemic more mm-hmm. now because you know they didn't put in place those measures and all of that uh, so as the rest of Africa now moves towards vaccinating its population and you know opening up the economies further mm-hmm. Tanzania is at that uh, period where they are struggling with lots of cases and you know uh, yes they are not locking down their borders but they're really really struggling and uh, of course businesses you know uh, and most foreign uh, investors are shying away from from the economy so again i feel like the, for them the real impact will be this year rather than last year because they operated throughout of last year mm-hmm. um as for uh, cities report on you know kenya being uh, the growth being within the four point something range uh, I, I think that's that's much much closer to you know what we can expect uh, because as we've said before, um, anything about 6.6 is is extremely optimistic, mm-hmm. given that there's debt payments that are kicking in this year. Um, on the political scene, you know, there might be a referendum that's being pushed to happen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic is, uh, sorry, the curfew is at least extended for six months, so that's half of the year uh, with uh, sort of like three-quarter of the economy running. Um costs to do with electricity are still going up so 
for me i really feel inflation again as well is it aged up in in february to an all time high and uh, sorry 11 month high so for me i feel like there's lots of things that um are moving uh, there's lots of moving pieces uh, that need to be uh, curtailed for us to even get that 5% or 6% gdp growth but anyway um i'm i'm, I'm optimistic still uh, as a kenyan uh, but the reality is we aren't in a very very good position i think um, i think with with regards first to the to the minimum tax um there definitely there's definitely need for for considerations and i saw that um the kenya association of manufacturers had actually suggested um a window of um, of five years mm-hmm. as as opposed to just the grace period which which will of course would make sense for for us making companies and rather than uh, rather than scrapping of the minimum tax entirely that actually suggested we review it down to around um, 0.25% yeah which would and uh, in, in an industry like the manufacturing industry where um where margins at the moment are down despite you know increasing volume i think that would that would make a lot a lot of sense yeah I totally agree with that. With Tanzania, in as much as they did not take, um, they didn't take drastic measures through the coronavirus um, compared to other countries within the region and in the world. Some of the sectors that are dependent uh, on external, um, external population. So, for example, the tourism sector was was hit really, really hard. So, I I think. Um, how they will be affected this year is largely dependent on how fast they move and it might not be as bad as with the rest of us so it given that in as much as they are led to the party they um they will try to contain um, the virus at a time when we already have a vaccine roadmap so that that could be um some sort of a softer landing for them compared to the rest of us that's all i have to say Mm, but to date they don't have a vaccination strategy in place yeah. i don't think they're even considering it you know, with, <laughs> with tanzania i think yeah. it's just that even if they didn't take yes it's about the covid measures mm-hmm. but also the economy just continued like they didn't close up their markets like even to the external you see the way we, we closed our borders we were yeah. just like no we don't anyone here we don't anything in tanzania they still continued like receiving goods from other countries they still continued importing exporting like they were just running normally and they will be affected this year because m- most of them like the covid is real yeah people are dying <laughs> people are dying and they didn't like they just brushed it off like maybe it was just a, a flu or something like that and this year like you know when most people are not okay how are you supposed to produce production also requires labor how are they supposed to produce how are they supposed how people go to trust the government when they told them don't don't trust that there's going then all their people are dying people are dying on the streets in tanzania people are, yeah. they are really recording like high death rates right now yeah so it's like this year they have to they will be affected mm-hmm. and to be honest they have a dictator for a president yeah okay no he's not do, a do dictator do you have plans of visiting no, tanzania no but i'm saying yeah. like is he going to be open to the idea of vaccinating because to vaccinate he will have to admit this covid Okay. Yeah. He's not even there yet. He's not even going to admit his COVID. Okay. Him uh, himself. And I think also the other thing would be uh so once again uh the COVID vaccine is going to be in the near future mandatory for travel. Yeah. So what happens when, you know, uh, you have Tanzanians have to travel out of the country or, you know, flights have to come into Tanzania mm-hmm. and um as we saw with Rwanda you know uh, those iata covid certificates would need to be issued yeah. and those all all those measures have to be in place at some point this year yeah. so then what happens uh, with a country that's not um, on board with vaccination or you know even just admitting that um, covid is real but anyway uh, it's it's something to keep an eye on because again they would have they would basically also affect ESC as a block uh, and i think one of the things that we can touch on briefly is um, Kenya assumed the chairmanship of the East Africa community from Rwanda um, and to that effect i think uh, the president appointed um, what is it the director general 
uh, who's Kenyan now. Uh, so uh, again, we are looking at prospering as a block, uh, looking at uh, how do we set in, in place the tariffs and the trade agreements as the East African community. So if you have the rest of the uh, of the other countries, you know, on board with vaccination, and then you have TZ who uh, are lagging behind, then how do you, as a block, tackle that? Um, yeah. There's something I wanted to point out on the minimum tax, yeah? Yeah. I wanted to ask, is it is it that there's no company which benefited from the impact of COVID? Because, let, let's say, when we, people were at home, everyone mm -hmm. wanted to connect internet. Mm -hmm. There has to be a company which recorded, like, Something like there has to be something. Netflix. Most of these companies, okay, there's Netflix, <laughs> but let's say the truth is, most of these companies were already mm -hmm. facing losses even before yeah. COVID came. Most of these companies wanted to lay off people even before COVID came. Yeah. So they used that as an excuse. It was just like a catalyst, like, okay, now this is the reason we are going to use. Everyone is just talking about COVID, COVID, COVID. What was the performance of the company before? Yeah. Is this that they are being taxed unfairly, or is this that the government knows you are supposed to benefit from this thing? It's not mm -hmm. that it all affected everyone it didn't affect everyone so now here's the problem mm -hmm. so uh, i'll take again manufacturing for for instance yeah. so we had lots of companies that were already either making losses or their businesses were being affected uh, by lots of other external factors so for manufacturing i think um the key things for them is cost of production which it's is largely dependent on it's electricity Kenya, on electricity which mm -hmm. is again absurd yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the fact that their cost of production is high, uh, then the pandemic came, mm. and obviously it brought their businesses to a standstill. Yeah. So you see, for, from from their point of view, they would have expected the government to shoulder them more, in form of at least put those incentives or policies in place to make sure. Mm -hmm. Just let me finish. Okay. To make sure at least say things like the cost of production is brought down yeah. for them. You understand? Because yes, it's something that true. they've been lobbying for mm -hmm. even before the pandemic. But then what happens is the government, yes, reduces the tax for everyone mm -hmm. for six months till the end of the year. Then in January, the taxes go back mm -hmm. to the usual and then they add a minimum tax. I will do that if I will go to the government. Because <laughs> how are we? You know, there's this thing about Kenyans every day. You all want the government, please help us. The government, please help us. The government, please help us. You're being helped. Now put yourselves together mm -hmm. and know what, you, what is going to be your way forward. You mm -hmm. can't always be deciding, like the government, please. They're also trying to collect revenue. And mm. how are they going to do that without taking taxes from you? They, they, there was like such a big waiver because I was mm. talking to someone I know. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hey, my pay slip has suffered. That, that nini was the relief they put on tax was actually very important. But when, when he pushed that initiative, mm -hmm. people, people didn't even up. That, that time nobody applauded the government. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, they are doing something great. They were like, yes, we deserve it. <laughs> then now, yes, you also deserve to also put yourselves together. We can't mm -hmm. always be asking the government, please do this for us. The mm -hmm. government, please give us relief. The government, please give us more money. Please mm -hmm. give us more time. Till when? So would you rather the, the manufacturing industry as a whole um, fell and we saw it won't uh, fall you know the thing with kenya it, is this it won't fall people exactly. will complain but it won't <laughs> fall you will see people mm -hmm. will every people are just complaining then yeah. after a while you see higher people actually had money that is that is all people in kenya it's like we are just hiding then mm -hmm. when someone is like they they push us that's mm -hmm. when you come out with your potential because I support the government. You can't always be like every day we are like, please government, please do not tax us. Please, we need more time. Please, till when? But then here's the thing, yeah. I think my, my biggest concern mm -hmm. with regards to uh, the mini, I agree with you, we need to find ways for the government to collect more money. Mm -hmm. But then as we do that, we, we also have to make sure that um, we do it creatively enough so that we do not cripple the very businesses that we're supposed to make money from. And um, I think my best example here would not even be the manufacturing sector, it would be startups. Mm -hmm. Imagine you yourself, Leah, here, um, coming up with a, a really uh, a life-changing product or a life-changing innovation in Kenya. Um, you are a young person, you're still bootstrapping, you're not at the point where you've attracted investments, or maybe you have. Um, most of your costs right now at R&D, you've not even started making money, but then you're already required to start paying taxes for money that you have not started, you know, making you get. 
for for startups it it cripples young businesses before they're even able to you know to walk and and run and i think that is that is sort of the same sentiment with the manufacturing sector it's it's quite it's quite a small sector by the way which contributes um 10% yeah over 10% to yeah. to nini um to to the kngp and it's anticipated to actually grow all the way to uh, 15% by next year but then see if it's if the sector is supposed to produce more revenue it's supposed to grow if it's supposed to grow then we are supposed to give it kidogo enough room to do that and we're not saying that you don't tax them but then kind of be a more considerate um in the taxes because here's the thing yeah the sector looks um looks looks for margins around 4 to 5% so 1% would mean something yeah yeah, yeah. and i think again if if you're talking manufacturing or Uh, specifically in this case um so one of the one of the uh, model manufacturing um economies is ethiopia and if you look at what the government has done in terms of policies to enable that sector and why uh, and you, you you get to to know the reason why <clears throat> most companies are actually shifting the manufacturing uh, processes and uh, industries to ethiopia because first thing is uh, the electricity is i think a third of what we pay here um just the production cost so at the end of the day it, it gets to a point where by it's extremely cheap for even new maybe as a, as a Kenyan company to produce your goods in Ethiopia and bring them to Kenya and sell them here than it is to produce here so you see at the end of the day until the government addresses such issues manufacturing is never going to be to contribute the 15% that they target you know to the gdp in in 2 or 3 years so Yes there is there needs to be concessions from both sides but I feel at the moment where we stand um it's 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 extremely unfair to most uh, sectors beyond just manufacturing and startups uh, in the country with with all the taxes and everything You know speaking mentioning of electricity uh, Kenya <laughs> <laughs> Kenya power is uh, Kenya power is planning to set up charging stations all over the country uh, Ah, Asuma, I, I I feel like they listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Then they were like, "Yeah, let's do this." Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I think it's even a discussion that we've had with the land. Mm-hmm. Let Kenya Power first solve issues with distribution of electricity in the country before they move to If they set up electric charging stations right now how many how many <laughs> well there's there's a tesla there's one tesla in the country for for one tesla can you imagine all the money they will, they will lie they have used you know they will they will tell us they have used some absurd amount of money and tell us oh that's what is costing them a lot for one tesla can we first solve the problem of the million kenyans who we are facing then this one person with a tesla he had a plan mm-hmm. or she had a plan yes, the person thing. had a plan mm-hmm. i actually read the story of that one person that one indian man who has a tesla and mm-hmm. uh, he charges it um from his house with a three phase i think mm-hmm. um i think kenya power is being a, a little bit visionary which is which is okay given that <laughs> evs are definitely the future but then there are more immediate problems you know to look into given that also Kenjen announced that it will also set up um charging stations and honestly I think I'd let Kenjen just run with it yeah i think that there's a consensus on this table <laughs> but we we need a full session on Kenya power to run <laughs> <laughs> all right um more, more more on a global scheme and i i know eric jackson you've been really really waiting for this mm-hmm. um what what is jack up to uh square Square decided to acquire Jay-Z's title and Jay-Z um joined uh the board member joined uh Square as a board member. Yeah. What do you think Jack is up to? I th- I think to you know uh, just to take it back uh, and just look at uh, Jack Dorsey himself as um as a person and as a CEO. So um so Jack is concurrently running Twitter and Square, which is first of all very impressive because both are listed companies and he's managed to uh, 
um, sort of just maintain their market cap and share price, you know, stable. You remember when Twitter banned Trump? Oof, that feels like years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we all had, uh, and I remember you, Eric, you, you woke up to the, I think it was around what, uh, it was like 10% drop in share price that morning and you were very worried and thought, you know, this was the end, the beginning of the end of Twitter. But what Jack has done since then is, is quite uh, extremely um, sort of what ambitious. Uh, so if you look at Twitter, they've had this 13 or so years period where they, you know, they've just been everywhere, just doing nothing about um, monetizing their space. So they tried ads, which doesn't bring in as much revenue. But if you look what they've done this year is they've acquired, first of all, they acquired, I think, Revu, the newsletter platform. Um, so that basically allows uh, a platform like Kenyan Wall Street, who we have a very large of, of uh, following on Twitter, to use Revu newsletter for all our um, comms directly to our customers. And then uh, besides that, I think they've also been exploring internally uh, working on Twitter spaces, which is, uh, you know, the clubhouse, the answer to clubhouse, because again, if you go to clubhouse, most of the creators or the people, uh, moderators leading the sessions are basically uh, the people on Twitter. So Twitter felt like, you know, they can uh, monetize that space quite quickly. Uh, they are working on other features like uh, the super follow, you know, and just finding out ways in which to actually monetize the platform. And I'm quite confident that, you know, uh, they'll actually figure out a way to monetize uh, that platform. Mm -hmm. Then you look at the other company, which is Square, and Square is one of those interesting companies that we've been very bullish on because I think, um, first of all, they have Cash App, which is uh, the P2P transfer uh, app, which obviously also um, accepts Bitcoin, uh, which is very, very, very interesting and important. Um, and then they now recently acquired Tidal, which, as you know, is uh, the music streaming service that was... Uh, founded by Jay-Z and a couple of artists, where artists are also co-part owners of, of, of the platform. So bringing Tidal and Square together is just basically um, allowing artists to, um, first of all, get access to, say, the infrastructure, the payment infrastructure. Because again, earlier the week, Square had announced that they actually got a banking license. Mm -hmm. So again, you look at all of those things. Uh, if you look at those things separately, they, they look disjointed. But now if you put them together, you find that, uh, you know, Jack has managed to bring um, culture, which is, you know, uh, Jay-Z and uh, the brand title uh, together with finance, whereby you have um, Square getting the banking license. Uh, and then you're able to leverage tech uh, and now BTC. Uh, to be able to actually power a community which can be able to to generate um, revenue for for themselves so look at it this way so you have an artist who wants to <clears throat> who wants let's say you have an artist who wants to record their song so they basically use squares banking license to get a loan uh, which would allow them studio time to produce the songs that they want then those songs would be put on title where they would be corporate owners of Tidal, the music streaming service. So Tidal would handle, Tidal through Cash App or Square would handle the collection of funds that those um, artists get uh, basically as royalties for as long as their songs are on the platform and handle out the distribution of that music. And then at the end of it, the artist can do merchandise, you know, they can print their t-shirts, sell them directly to fans in an only fans model way of things. So basically it's connecting artists to their fans um, in a simple way and enabling payments uh, where they can actually thrive. So I feel like for me it's it's one of those things that uh, is really a game changer in the way we look at content, uh, content creators and um, and communities and earning cash from their from their trade. Interesting. Yeah. I think for me what stood out, uh, it's been a good week for Twitter. I think first they acquired a banking license. Square. Yeah, square, I mean, yeah. sorry, which is a massive move. Uh, one of the things that you have to acknowledge, Jack and the Jay-Z are one of the best, uh, one of those, not the best, but one of those most iconic entrepreneurs of our time. Yeah. Jay-Z bought uh, Tidal in 2015 for mm -hmm. about 56 million. Yeah. 
how much they sell it for? <laughs> to sell it. Two ninety seven. And yeah. and and yeah. that's just majority. That's not the full thing. Yes, that's the just majority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then he joins the board of Square. Yeah. Massive. Plus, you know, it's it's still it's still uh, part part stock options mm-hmm. in Square, okay. which again, Square is going to be a massive company. Yeah. Again, for me, if any company is bullish on crypto mm-hmm. as a whole, yeah. uh, I am also bullish about the company itself. Mm-hmm. So Square is one of those companies to look out to. They've actually been increasing their stake, uh, their holding of, crypto, of Bitcoin over yeah. the last couple of weeks, Yes, which I think uh, probably it's part of this. I think Jack had a plan. Yeah. Part of the plan was how do I make it easier for these creatives to get paid on them, mm-hmm. and crypto would be one of the best ways to Absolutely. make the pay- yeah. make payments on them. Yeah. So I think uh, it's a good move. It's a good move. <laughs> Coughing micro strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, micro strategy. Man. I know that he decided to buy another two hundred and five bitcoins for ten million. Yeah. And that is that when? is today. Today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oof. I don't know man. Micro strategy is just it, it's it's either they are they're just on another level man. I, I think at some point they'll get to ninety nine percent balance sheet just worth of, of Bitcoin. Uh, but it's it's actually um it's actually one of those biggest votes of confidence uh, by a public company that I've seen. Actually they see some time back went on uh, went to the press and said he might actually take a loan to buy more crypto. Mm-hmm. So, which means it's overly optimistic about the price of Bitcoin in the long run. Yeah. But then, what what do you think of um, like just uh, again a micro strategy now holds about you know ninety one ninety one thousand sixty four bitcoins, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a good thing given that we all know that Bitcoin is a future. But then, given its volatility, what do you think this does to um, to its balance sheet? Again, despite the fact that MicroStrategy's stock has, has soared um, up, up to close to 97% in the past um, three months. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The thing is, a lot of, a lot of these companies will, will, have, will have to hold Bitcoin as part uh, in, in their balance sheet. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think uh, we should expect very soon from, from what I've been reading online is that Netflix... Netflix might be the next company to actually uh, buy Bitcoin and hold it as part of their balance sheet. Speculative. Yes, of course, very speculative. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, think that would be a boost for, for the crypto. Do you, do, you know what, do you know what would take mm-hmm. Bitcoin's price to the moon? Warren Buffett getting in. <laughs> ah, speaking of Warren Buffett, on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Warren uh, issued the a very anticipated annual letter, mm-hmm. Warren Buffett's annual letter. Mm-hmm. I think he's been doing it for more than three decades now, mm-hmm. and investors are always uh, looking watch, looking out for for the annual letter. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things stood out. You see those investing fundamentals, like invest for the long run. And one of the things that uh, he mentioned is that look, never bet, never bet against America. I think that's what stood out. Mm-hmm. The other thing was that um, Berkshire's but, but the companies holding uh, in 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 Apple, Apple stock yeah. actually, uh, despite offloading some shares, is overly optimistic. Is very very bullish about the company. Mm-hmm. The uh, the returns that they they got in the company since they I think the first acquisition, they first made I think an acquisition of about ten million shares in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Then they've been increasing that stake. They have sold part of that, but they have made their profit, yeah. which includes, I think, uh, a 400% gain in the share price, in addition to dividends and the splits that happened. Yeah. So, and, and I think I think Warren again is he's, he's just uh, an exceptional you know uh, investor, because uh, I think they they made about 750 million from their Apple holding last year, which again is massive, massive. Uh, but you also look on the flip side and. Uh, he, I remember when he dumped all his airline stocks, and people were like, you know what? For once, for once, Warren doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and maybe they're right because again, airline stocks are up about 80, 80 something percent since you know their all-time low when he dumped them. So, for me, I feel like, um, of course, Berkshire is still going to um, have those these years where they have 
stellar performance and i think the apple holding was was really really key to driving just um, the entire holding of uh, of the company uh, but you know if we had you know just imagine if we had Warren saying you know what i'm not i'm not such a pessimist about btc anymore btc prices would actually shoot to the moon instantly mm-hmm. um then i think again ali late last week uh not the other week city also released a report on bitcoin uh, they called it the tipping point which basically uh, looks at you know is bitcoin at that point um of main, mainstream acceptance or you know is still just another speculative implosion um and i think one of the few things or one of the stats that uh, are in that report uh, and for me personally i feel like that report is the tipping point for bitcoin because um you look at city and uh city you know releasing a report on a major commodity mm-hmm. uh is actually telling the whole world or the whole finance world to actually take a notice and uh, have a look so uh, in the report you know they mentioned that about 36% of small businesses in the US are accepting btc started accepting btc in 2020 um and there was about 536 million dollars worth of monthly btc volumes in south africa and nigeria up 55% again same discussion we have every week Uh, Nigeria has been the second largest bitcoin um sort of uh, hub after the US uh, in 2020 and you look at how much BTC is being traded on a day to day is about 20 billion you know early in um in in 2020 mm-hmm. and there's lots and lots of numbers that just make you uh, look at BTC as a country and you You, you you actually start uh, sorry btc as a currency and you actually start to appreciate um the massive massive adoption uh, that is actually uh, been getting so for me i feel like it's actually at that tipping point where we we more adoption as you mentioned uh, there is speculation about now which is the next uh publicly listed that's going to put btc on the balance sheet you know uh the coinbase uh direct ipo coming up uh, again that's going to massively increase the uh the trust and the <clears throat> the sort of uh understanding of uh, cryptos as a whole so for me i'm extremely uh, optimistic about just what uh, this year holds in terms of not the price but sort of the adoption uh, of of crypto uh, not just btc because again there's other altcoins um that are quite popular and that are coming up that have functionality and use as well okay just to take you back on uh, on this whole nigerian thing on crypto and bitcoin sure apparently uh, binance stopped accepting uh, locally now uh, actually they they stopped accepting investor deposits for crypto why uh, the main reason is that mm-hmm. their payment payments processor mm-hmm. they weren't really accept, accepting the crypto or bitcoin deposits directly by either their own investor mm-hmm. they were actually relying on uh, a payment processor mm-hmm. i think you know all of you know flutterwave yeah. mm-hmm. so what happened is that flutterwave stopped uh flutterwave actually cut them out mm-hmm. i think because of the nigerian regulations yeah. so initially because where they binance uh, binance processed payments for nigerian crypto but then again in kenya think that uh, they extended that cut went up to the Kenyan market so yeah. if you are a, if you are a trader in Kenya and mm-hmm. you want to participate using the Binance platform mm-hmm. and you deposit via LSA Binance they, uh, they actually cut them out which talking to a few actually this week I talked to a few founders who, who are in the crypto space mm-hmm. some of them said look we had even raised up to billions not as uh, I mean millions mm-hmm. of 100 total could be 100 of 100 to millions mm-hmm. Uh, in series in, in from series from preseed to series A to series B mm-hmm. but then what does that mean that all of a sudden this regulation come comes into place gets you out of business yeah so and i think it's 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 a weird and interesting place to be um because now as a founder do you keep working on 
your crypto product or you do you pivot to something else mm-hmm. or you know do you start lobbying for um for regulation and policy given that again for you as a, as a startup you don't have enough capital or enough muscle to actually uh, lobby the regulators to allow crypto trading um again i don't know Makanen, what you think you know my biggest fear is that I know we'll actually, as you know, as African countries, including Nigeria, I know that we will get to a point where we'll actually work around our issues and get to adopt um, crypto and, and you know BTC to be specific. My my worry is um, by the time we get that, we get to that point again, um, the like the wheel will be already spinning so fast. So um, the fact that we are hindering sort of innovations and adoption of cryptocurrency because of regulatory fears, if, if, you, if you might, you know, fears of um, CGO, uh, cryptocurrencies have been using money laundering and, and, and whatnot, means that we are disa- we're not only disadvantaging um, investors who would be interested in that space, yeah. but also like um, companies who would develop innovative products around that. Yeah. And by the time we actually get to work around that, we are behind several years, if not, if not decades. Yeah, and I think that's 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 the biggest fear that that we all have, uh, being left behind, you know, in in some of these innovations, uh, and we end up being consumers rather than uh, participants in these economies. Yeah. Um. Then I think today Felix is not here, so in honor of Felix and his <laughs> and his weekly name and shame segment. Uh, I think I'd like to call out um, Senegal. So Senegal have shut down. Uh, internet, Facebook, Twitter um, for protests uh, by you know uh, the public, and and again, I want to echo what uh, Rebecca Enonchong said a, a while back that we should uh, that you know all these social platforms should block the accounts of all government leaders who at any time block the internet in their country just as punishment for them to see what you know uh, blocking internet and and social media for their citizen looks like and they should do that permanently because um, it is not in this day and age we we shouldn't be in a position whereby you know we we have to shut down internet for for you know uh, citizens just because of discontent uh, so again, Senegal, I think that that was a very, very terrible move uh, by the government. And we hope that, you know, it's it's reinstated as soon as possible. Now, now that you talked about internet, you know, Google. So yeah. uh, they're not going to be phasing out that party cookies. Yes. As uh, from, is it next year? Okay, let 2023. 2023, thank yeah. you. Um, Three, quite, three important questions. Uh, um, Google is doing this to sort of position itself. How do we do we really, 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 really <laughs> believe you know Google will do that effectively? What will that mean for um, advertisers and companies in general that rely heavily rely on that party cookies, mm-hmm. you know, just to um, to advertise to customers? And I think you have a lot to say, given. Given given you given your your position, um, three. I know that I know that they're transitioning from um, from third party cookies to first party cookies and sort of collecting data on users in a more group form rather than individual form. So, uh, grouping users into um, sort of blocks of interests. Uh, I, I can't I can't remember the specifics. Uh, forgive me. But what will that mean for for advertisers? So, um, interestingly, I don't have a lot <laughs> <laughs> to share on this topic. Again, uh, I would say is for the common user, not much. Not much is going to change. Um, but so we live in a more privacy. Um, what's that? <clears throat> All those uh, regulations in place. Companies are being forced to be more open about how you know they use your data and you're on the internet. So if you look at what Apple has recently done in iOS 14, is they're going to basically uh, sort of turn off um, 
tracking. So in Apple, we have something called the ID uh, identifier, IDFA. So which basically is identifier that advertisers use to target you, you know, when you're in the internet. So basically, Apple is turning that off from iOS 14 and all their devices by default. So what that means is um, websites or even social media platforms like Facebook, and hence use that to target ads that are related to best uh, targeting. So say an, ad uh, an advertiser now would be able to say they want to tag you and, you know, check out port equipment and listen to Kenyan Street, you know, the likes. And Google would be able to use you, your user ID, to target you with an ad. But now where they're moving is, brands will not be able to do that targeting. To choose interest, so say car lovers, you know. And you would all be grouped into a car lovers in Nairobi interest group so sort of for targeting. Access, access the customer, but more of yes. a sense of demographics as yes. opposed to individual data of an individual. Yes, because as you've since uh, the Cambridge Analytica scandal, it was that point of using an individual psychographic um, sort of profiling that led to uh, you know that all that um, u.s election uh, fiasco and you know people using ads to then change you know how you interact or how you feel about a, a given candidate so it, it's just moving away from that abstracting all of that away so that then uh, advertisers will still be able to advertise to those people but in those interest groups so advertisers won't be given user details they'll be given interests to advertised to but again uh, as a user it probably won't amount to much you will still be able you still see the same ads <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd still be able to be shown the same ads but uh, from a privacy point of view um, you'd actually be sharing less and less of your data with all of these big uh, companies going forward mm, interesting uh, I really don't I don't have much knowledge on the art tech space but uh, I think I think a question for you: What does that mean for the ad tech companies? For ad tech companies, mm -hmm. um, for Google, it means less revenue, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. because um, it's an industry built on uh, precise targeting mm -hmm. of audiences. Um, but I think for ad tech companies, it gives other ad tech companies mm -hmm. a chance to actually reduce the dominance of Google and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at that space, mm -hmm. Google and Facebook are the behemoths. They, like they control more than, let's say, 70% of you know, the ad tech uh, revenues, mm -hmm. uh, the advertising revenues. So this would actually give the other smaller companies um, a better chance to actually grow uh, and have more budgets uh, than, uh, than Google and Facebook because um, again, they might go to other ways of tracking or other industry uh, safe ways of advertising which would be compliant with all the other ad tech firms. So it's it's something to watch out uh, for uh, in this year especially because I know um, the Apple I, iOS 14 changes were pushed for I think for six more months okay. but they're coming, they're coming into effect soon. So that's something to watch out for. All right. Um, I think I think we'll watch that space, and um, we'll end this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But before we do, we definitely have to give um, shout outs to our listeners who joined us on on, on various platforms. Um, on on Telegram, uh, thank you so much for joining, Philip Mutevu. We see you, Monyumba Mark, Davis Gabinji, Gitogo Wandiri, GM. For which company we don't know, Steve <laughs> and, and Anka for reasons beyond my understanding, Onome, Faithy Lukusi, Idolo, and of course Erika Suma. Thank you so much for joining this discussion. And in case you do have um, you do have any any opinions, uh, please please share with them with us directly. And the best way to share them would probably be via um, our Hisa app, which is. A community that we're, we're trying to build. So Hisa app is an app where you can access uh, the latest market information and of course the latest um, podcast from the Kenyan Wall Street and also get to share your views on, um, on, on investing and markets in general as well as ask questions. Um, it also happens to be our, our sponsor for this segment. So check out Hisa app on the um, Google Play Store and Apple Store. 
I think that's about it for today. Yes, uh, thank you very much for everyone who who's downloaded Hisa, um, and thank you for you know sharing your comments, complaints, you know, and suggestions of, on how to make the app better. We at Hisa and Kenyan Wall Street would want would love to bring the best experience to you. And just something to mention because we've had a lot of questions about um, opening an investor profile and being able to trade. Uh, local and global shares so just to clarify uh, at the moment on the app you can be able to create your investor profile um, there's been some people who have had challenges but uh, we are sorting that out and we should push out an update soon um, that update would also come with uh, buying and selling of uh, local uh, stocks so that's coming soon uh, we are also working on um, giving you access to US markets, which uh, is already in development and should be ready soon. So stay tuned. There is a lot uh, in store for 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 you know for for you guys on the app. And uh, as usual, share your thoughts uh, and questions and comments and complaints uh, on the chat and uh, you know uh, within within the Hisa app as well. Thanks, guys. Over and out, uh, Felix. I don't know if you want to uh, to close this before we leave. I think Felix dropped off at some point. Yeah, but um, we can wrap this up. Yeah, we can wrap it up. Definitely. All right. Um, thank you for joining us. See you next Friday, same time, same place. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.